This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to History Tea Time. I'm Lindsay Holiday, and I'm spilling the tea on history. LGBTQ plus royals of the world. Throughout history, there have been countless common people and royals who preferred their own gender for romance and sex. Though the concept of being gay or bisexual wasn't thought of as part of one's identity until the 20th century, here are the stories of 10 royals from ancient to modern times who are known to have had homosexual love affairs. Alexander the Great of Macedonia, Emperor Ai of China, Philippe I, Duke of Orléans, Duchess Hortense Mancini, Prince Henry of Prussia, Princess Isabella of Parma, Archduke Ludwig Victor of Austria, Duchess Luisa Isabel Alvarez, and two who are still alive today, Queen Elizabeth II's cousin, Lord Ivar Mountbatten, and Prince Manvendra Singh Gohil of India. Alexander the Great Alexander was the son of King Philip II of Macedonia, another ancient ruler known to have enjoyed the company of men. As a young man, he greatly pleased his father with his strategic intelligence and bravery. The prince was educated by the great philosopher Aristotle. Among the other students educated with him was a young man named Hephaestion. Alexander and Hephaestion became inseparable and likely had a sexual relationship. Their intimate friendship continued on for the rest of their lives, and Hephaestion was often at Alexander's side in battle. When King Philip went to war with Byzantium, he left his 16-year-old son in charge. A group of tribes rose up in rebellion against the teenage prince, but Alexander attacked and drove them out of their territory, repopulated the area with Greeks, and renamed it Alexandropolis. Upon his return, Philip was so impressed that although he had other sons, Alexander was the clear favorite to inherit the throne. And he did at the age of 20, when his father was assassinated. Suspicious that those who had murdered his father would be coming for him next, Alexander put to death a number of courtiers, including a few family members, to ensure his rule would be safe. 
Recently conquered states, including Athens, suspected that the young king might be weaker than his father and rose up against him. But they were mistaken and were quickly suppressed by Alexander and his army. The young king fell in love with Princess Roxana of Bactria and married her. They had one child together, a son named Alexander. The king also continued his relationship with Hephaestion, whom he named commander of the cavalry, second only to Alexander himself. Their relationship was considered a bit unusual by the Greeks, not because they were both men, that was perfectly acceptable, but because they were the same age. Conventional homosexual relationships of the time were strictly between older and younger men. Alexander and Hephaestion once made a pilgrimage to Troy, where together they laid flowers on the tombs of Achilles and Patroclus, famed gay lovers of antiquity. Once Alexander had secured control over all of Greece, he turned his view eastward to Asia. With his superior military might and strategy, Alexander conquered the Persian Empire. In order to unite the Greek and Persian empires, Alexander took two Persian princesses, Statyra and Parisetes, as his second and third wives. One of the defeated Persian leaders offered Alexander the gift of a remarkably beautiful eunuch by the name of Bigoas. Alexander immediately took the young man as a lover and frequently embraced him in public. This relationship was much more comfortable for the Greeks. When Begoas sat next to Alexander at a feast, the army cheered the couple and demanded that they kiss, which they did enthusiastically. One courtier did call Begoas the king's whore, and Begoas used his influence to have the man's life destroyed. Alexander continued to march his army through the Middle East, Egypt, and Asia, conquering and destroying lands as he went. He often renamed the cities he took in his own honor, which is why the area is littered with Alexandrias and Alexandropolises. Alexander next turned his sights on the Indian subcontinent, where again his army dominated the local population. Alexander had amassed a larger empire than any ruler before him in history. By this time, he hadn't been back to Macedonia in many years, but he continued to demand military reinforcements from his home base. The army had grown tired of constant bloodshed and marching ever further from home. They wanted to return to Greece and began to rebel against the king. Alexander had little choice but to turn around and march home. But the conquest-hungry Alexander took the long way round and continued to beat new lands into submission on the way. En route, his longtime love, Hephaestion, died of fever. The king was devastated and laid for hours on his friend's corpse. He ordered divine honors and funeral rites for Hephaestion and commanded all of his subjects to mourn. Alexander drowned his sorrows in drink and at the age of 32, at the height of his power, he died, either from binge drinking or perhaps from drinking wine poisoned by his army or one of the countless enemies he had made along the way. After his death, Alexander's first wife, Roxana, ordered the murders of his second and third wives, Statera and Parasetes, in order to secure her own son Alexander's ascent to the throne. 
Alexander was buried in this Alexandria for the next 200 years, but his tomb was such a popular tourist spot and was so frequently damaged that Roman Emperor Septimus Severus had it moved to a secret location. To this day, the final resting place of Alexander the Great is one of history's great mysteries. Emperor Ai of Han Ai became emperor of the Chinese Han Dynasty at the age of 20. The people were initially optimistic about his ascension, as he was intelligent and well-spoken. But he also behaved impulsively and selfishly. Corruption blossomed in his administration and heavy taxes were levied on the people. Ai was controlled by his grandmother, Consort Fu, and they both became deeply unpopular. Though several Chinese emperors were known to have had homosexual relationships, Ai was the most exuberant. The emperor's eye fell on a minor court official, Dong Xian. Dong rose through the ranks alarmingly fast and the emperor built a luxurious residence for him and his wife next to the imperial palace. The emperor made Dong's sister a royal consort and member of his harem, ranked just below the empress. The three Dongs were with the emperor nearly constantly. The affair of the two men became known as the Passion of the Cut Sleeve because of a story that after falling asleep in bed together one afternoon, the emperor cut off his sleeve rather than wake his dozing paramour when he had to get up out of bed to attend a royal duty. Dong was created a Marquess and then commander of the army, making him one of the three most powerful men in the country under the emperor. Many officials begged Ai not to give so much power to his incompetent lover, but all who protested were demoted or banished. The emperor had tombs built for himself and Dong next to each other and named Dong his heir. But the emperor died suddenly from illness at the age of 26, and the royal family seized power. Cast out and disgraced, Dong and his wife committed suicide and were buried inside a prison. Philippe I, Duke of Orléans Louis XIII's second son inherited his father's sexual preferences. During his childhood, his mother called him My Little Girl and allowed him to dress in feminine clothing, a habit he continued for the rest of his life. He often attended masquerades dressed as a woman. He was renowned as a talented dancer. He was also an excellent military commander and covered himself in glory several times. Philippe's open homosexuality and effeminate manner were condoned by his older brother, King Louis XIV, as this made Philippe less of a political threat. Like his famous brother, the Sun King, Philippe had a grand appetite for romance and sex. He had a few female mistresses but generally preferred young and handsome men. At 18, the prince had an affair with 17-year-old Philippe Jules Monsigny, who was said to be the first to corrupt him in the Italian vice, contemporary slang for gay sex. The pair had a close relationship for the rest of their lives. At 21, Philippe married his first cousin, Princess Henrietta of England, the daughter of King Charles I, who had been beheaded during the English Civil War. Henrietta and her family took refuge from the Puritan regime at the French court. The marriage was not a happy one. The prince told Henrietta that he could not love her without the permission of his most significant paramour, Philippe de Lorraine. The threesome lived together rather uncomfortably at the royal palace. Henrietta had three children and it was rumored that King Louis had fathered them. 
both Philippe and Henrietta slept with legendary playboy Armand de Guermont, who was notoriously narcissistic. But being the most attractive man at court, his many lovers overlooked this. Armand also seduced the king's mistress, Louise de la Valliere. Armand was banished from court when he and Henrietta hatched a jealous plot to drive a wedge between Louise and the king. Henrietta, in turn, begged the king to banish Philippe's lover, Lorraine. The king obliged, but within months, Lorraine was back by the prince's side. Princess Henrietta died suddenly at the age of 26, and it was rumored that Lorraine had poisoned her. However, an autopsy revealed she had succumbed to gastroenteritis. Several princesses were approached about becoming Philippe's second wife, but after the treatment Henrietta had endured, most declined. Eventually, German princess Elizabeth Charlotte accepted. She had plain looks and a full figure, and Philippe remarked, how will I ever be able to sleep with her? She confided in a friend that the prince needed to hang a rosary around his private parts in order to perform with her in bed. Despite Philippe's habit of stealing her clothes and jewelry for himself and his lovers, the couple ended up having a rather agreeable marriage. Unlike his first wife's jealous intrigues, Elizabeth was candid and not vain. She tolerated her husband's lovers and was happy to move out of his bed after the birth of their third child. She told one of his paramours, you are welcome to gobble the peas, I don't like them. Philippe was the founder of the House of Orleans and made wise investments with his vast inheritance, thus securing the wealth of his descendants for generations. His private art collection grew to become one of the most important in the world. His four surviving children made good political marriages throughout Europe and most Catholic royals from this point on could trace their lineage back to him. Thus, the gay prince earned the nickname the Grandfather of Europe. Duchess Hortense Mancini Italian-born Hortense and her four sisters, all renowned for their beauty, moved to the court of Louis XIV of France after the death of their father in the hopes of securing advantageous marriages. Their maternal uncle, Cardinal Mazarin, took them under his wing. The five Mancini sisters and their two equally lovely Mazarin cousins were collectively known as the Mazarinettes at the French court. Hortense received a marriage proposal from the exiled son of beheaded English king Charles I, who was living at the French court with his family. However, her uncle refused the offer as he didn't believe the young man had any prospects. Cardinal Mazarin regretted his decision when the English royal family was reinstated and the young man crowned King Charles II a few months later. The cardinal offered a sizable dowry, but the newly minted English king decided not to make Hortense his queen. The 15-year-old Hortense was instead wed to Armand Charles de la Porte de la Milray, one of the richest men in Europe, but the couple had a miserable marriage. Hortense was bright and social, while Armand was miserly, jealous, and mentally unstable. He was oddly uptight about sex. He had all the private parts chipped off of his statues and painted out of his paintings, and even had his female servants' front teeth knocked out so that they would be unable to attract male attention. 
Armand was so intensely jealous of his wife's dalliances with other men and women that he locked her up in a convent. She was able to escape with the help of her brother. Now penniless, she used her ample charms to her advantage to commence an affair with the Duke of Savoy, who set her up in a house in the French Alps. There she held salons for authors, philosophers, and artists. But when the Duke died, his widow turned Hortense out on the street. With no income or support, she was persuaded by the English ambassador to travel to England and attempt to seduce her former paramour, King Charles II. Around this time, she began dressing as a man. Hortense's dark beauty and sleek sophistication won the English king's infatuation. She displaced his mistress, Louise de Caruel, who became extremely jealous. But Hortense's promiscuity soon ironically cooled the desires of one of the most famously promiscuous kings in history. She was dubbed the Italian whore by the English. Hortense's worst offense was an affair with Charles's own illegitimate daughter, 17-year-old Anne, Countess of Sussex. The lovers had a fencing match in St. James Park wearing only their nightgowns and were ogled by the public. After this debacle, Anne's husband sent her away to a convent, where she pined for Hortense, laying in bed all day and kissing a miniature of her beloved. Anne was later sprung from the convent and seduced by her mother's lover, Ralph Montague. King Charles dismissed Hortense, but they remained friends. She was set up with a country house and a pension. She was one of the first women to have her memoirs published in France. Hortense also had an affair with author and playwright Alfra Bean, who wrote of her, Most illustrious princess, how infinitely one of your own sex adored you, and that among all the numerous conquests, your grace had not subdued a more entire slave, I assure you. Hortense died at the age of 53. Her insanely jealous husband, Armand, was finally able to control her in death. He purchased her body from her creditors and carted it all over France with him. She was eventually buried in the Mazarin family tomb. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps you're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history? If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now? The history podcast that's not your history class, part of the Area of Media Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir to zen, my friends. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel of urine! Cat. 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Prince Henry of Prussia. Henry was the 13th of 14 children and the grandson of George I of Great Britain. He was the youngest brother of Frederick the Great. The siblings shared similar looks, personalities, and interest in French art and literature, and in men. But Henry hated living in his brother's shadow and the two had a volcanic relationship. Despite the squabbles, Henry remained loyal throughout his brother's rule. He was appointed a colonel at the age of 14, and while nepotism may have helped him climb the ranks, he proved himself as a brilliant commander. He led troops in the Silesian Wars with Austria and never lost a battle in the Seven Years' War. At the age of 30, Henry wed Princess Wilhelmina of Hesse-Kessel, but the couple had no children. Henry did not conceal his passion for other men. His lovers included actor Blainville and French aristocrat Count La Roche-Aimon. A young soldier, Major Christian Ludwig von Keffingst, exploited Henry's affections in order to secure a palace for himself where he lived a life of debauched luxury. Later in life, Henry worked as a statesman and proved gifted at that as well. He had the opportunity to become King of Poland and was offered a kingdom in Wallachia by Catherine the Great of Russia, but his brother King Frederick blocked him on both occasions. In post-revolutionary America, there was a scheme hatched by members of the Continental Congress to invite Henry to become King of America. Prussia was highly regarded by Americans as a fellow enemy of Great Britain, and a monarchy was seen as a way to political stability for the fledgling nation. However, both Henry and the majority of the American people had no interest in this idea, and the scheme fell through. After the death of his brother, Henry was an important advisor to his nephew and grandnephew, Frederick Wilhelm II and III, during their successive reigns. Voltaire saw Henry as the embodiment of the philosopher king and a beacon of the age of reason. He lived to the grand old age of 76. Princess Isabella of Parma. Isabella was the daughter of Enfant Philippe of Spain and Louise Elizabeth, eldest daughter of Louis XV of France. At 18, she was married to Archduke Joseph II of Austria, brother of the French Queen Marie Antoinette. Joseph later became the Holy Roman Emperor. He was enamored of his young bride, but the more affection he lavished upon her, the more she drew away from him. She preferred the company of her husband's sister, Archduchess Maria Christina. Isabella and Maria, nicknamed Mimi, were inseparable at court and compared to legendary lovers Orpheus and Eurydice. The two young women shared a love of music and art and exchanged some 200 letters. Maria was a talented artist. This is a self-portrait of her. She had a happy and carefree nature, while Isabella expressed her hatred of court pomp and ceremony and longed for a more sensual life. Isabella had a great fear of pregnancy and considering the morbidity of childbirth at the time, her fears were not unfounded. 
However much Isabella would have preferred to avoid her husband, she had a duty to produce an heir. A year into their marriage, she was with child, and after a difficult pregnancy and delivery, she gave birth to a daughter, Maria Teresa. Isabella fell into depression and was terrified of conceiving again, but Joseph, infatuated and inexperienced, failed to empathize with his wife. She had two additional pregnancies, but both ended in miscarriage and more heartache. At the age of 22, while six months pregnant with her fourth child, Isabella contracted smallpox. She went into labor early and the baby daughter was stillborn. A week later, Isabella succumbed to the disease and followed her daughter in death. Joseph was heartbroken and though he remarried, he had an unhappy relationship with his second wife and fathered no children with her. Isabella's beloved Mimi, also devastated, later married the couple's mutual friend, Prince Albert of Saxony. Archduke Ludwig Victor of Austria Ludwig was a member of the House of Habsburg. His brothers were Emperor Franz Joseph of Austria and Emperor Maximilian I of Mexico. Ludwig, nicknamed Luzi Woozy, was a pampered young man and the black sheep of his powerful family. He pursued a military career as was expected of him, but he had no interest in politics. He preferred collecting art and throwing soirees at his palace for his colorful male friends. He was open about his homosexuality and transvestitism. His family tried many times to arrange political marriages for him. His brother Maximilian tried to wed him to Princess Isabel, daughter of Emperor Pedro II of Brazil. His mother attempted to arrange nuptials with Duchess Sophia Charlotte of Bavaria, but Ludwig dodged all matrimonial schemes. He was involved in a brawl at the Central Bathhouse in Vienna, and that was the last straw for his brother the Emperor, who banished him from the capital. Ludwig spent the rest of his days at Klesheim Palace near Salzburg, where he was a philanthropist and patron of the arts and continued to throw lavish parties. He lived to the age of 76. Duchess Luisa Isabel Alvarez de Toledo. Luisa was the only child of Joaquin Alvarez, Duke of Medina Sidonia, one of the most important noble families in Spain, whose hereditary title had been granted in 1445. At the age of 19, her father died and Luisa became the 21st Duchess of Medina Sidonia. That same year, she married fellow aristocrat Jose Leoncio Gonzalez de Gregorio y Marti. Luisa gave birth to three children, fulfilling her role in the hereditary line. Three years into their marriage, in 1958, the unhappy couple separated, though they remained legally married. Unlike most aristocrats, Luisa was outspoken and controversial. She earned the name the Red Duchess because of her association with the underground Spanish Socialist Workers' Party. She opposed the dictatorship of Francisco Franco and was imprisoned by the regime in the 1960s. She was also a historian and managed her family's extensive archives of historic documents. The Archivo de la Casa de Medina Sidonia is one of the most important collections in Europe. She published several papers, including her findings that the Americas may have been explored a long time before Columbus by Moroccan sailors. In the 1980s, Luisa began a relationship with her secretary, Liliana Maria Dalman. Same-sex marriage was made legal in Spain in 2005, and Luisa finally had a reason to divorce her long-estranged husband. In 2008, on Luisa's deathbed, she married her longtime love, Liliana, in a civil ceremony. Luisa died 11 hours after the wedding. 
As her legal widow, Liliana now holds the title of Dowager Duchess. She also inherited presidency of the family archive, which Louisa was afraid her children would sell off upon inheriting. Her children continued to fight legal battles over the estate worth an estimated 47 million euro. Lord Ivar Mountbatten Ivar is a great-great-great-grandson of Queen Victoria, third cousin to Queen Elizabeth II and first cousin to her husband, Prince Philip. Ivar knew from a young age that he was bisexual. He attended private boarding school in England and college in Vermont. At 31, he married Penelope Ann Veer Thompson, and the couple had three daughters, Ella, Alexandra, and Louise. Ivar has stated about the marriage, Penny was aware before we got married that my attraction went both ways. She was understanding and I will always be grateful to her. Ivar and Penelope divorced amicably after 17 years of marriage. Ivar is particularly close to the Queen's youngest son, Prince Edward, and is the godfather of his daughter, Lady Louise Windsor. In 2016, Ivar made public that he was in a relationship with flight attendant James Coyle, whom he met at a ski resort. In 2018, the couple were married at Mountbatten's estate in Bridewell Park. Ivar was escorted down the aisle and given away by his ex-wife. The newlyweds were toasted with Paul Roger, Churchill's favorite champagne, and opted for a tiered collection of cheeses rather than a wedding cake. He is the first member of the British royal family to come out publicly as homosexual and to have a same-sex marriage. Prince Manvendra Singh Gohil Born in 1965, Prince Manvendra is the heir to the Maharaja of Rajpipla, India. In 1971, the Indian government de-recognized all Maharajas and canceled their annual pensions. The family converted the Rajvant Palace into a tourist resort and filming location. The family remains prominent despite their reduced stature. In 1991, Mavendra had an arranged marriage with Princess Chandrika Kumari. He said of the marriage, I thought that everything would be all right, that with a wife I would have children and become normal. I never knew and nobody told me that I was gay and that this itself is normal and it will not change, and that it is not a disease. I tremendously regret ruining Chandrika's life. I feel guilty, but I simply did not know better. The marriage was never consummated and both partners were unhappy with the relationship. Chandrika filed for divorce a year later and Manvendra turned down many other offers of marriage. He suffered a nervous breakdown in 2002. His psychiatrist informed his parents that he was gay. They accepted it but said that no one should ever know. In 2006, Manvendra met with a sympathetic journalist and decided to make his homosexuality public. He said, all these years I was hiding my sexuality from my parents, family, and people. I never liked it and I wanted to face the reality. When I came out in the open and gave an interview with a friendly journalist, my life was transformed. Now people accept me. Manvendra's coming out made headlines and garnered mixed reactions. Effigies of the prince were burned in Rajpipla and his family disowned him. In 2007, he appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show and explained, I knew that they would never accept me for who I truly am, but I also knew that I could no longer live a lie. I wanted to come out because I had gotten involved with activism and I felt it was no longer right to live in the closet. Manvendra founded the Lakshaya Trust, which serves the LGBT and HIV AIDS communities in India. 
Manvendra is also editor of the Indian gay magazine, Fun. He has opened his 15-acre palace grounds to house vulnerable LGBT people. In 2009, he was featured in a BBC TV series, Undercover Princes, which documented his search for a British boyfriend in the seaside town of Brighton. In 2013, Manvendra married American Cecil DeAndre Richardson, and the couple settled in Seattle, Washington. Did I miss your favorite LGBT royal from history? I have many more fascinating royals profiled on my channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. I'll be putting out new podcast episodes each Thursday, revisiting and revamping my most popular YouTube videos, and adding even more fascinating information for your listening pleasure. Want some visuals with your history? Then check out my YouTube channel, also called History Tea Time with Lindsay Holiday, where you can find hundreds of videos about queens of the world, royal history, women's medical history, and more.